Hello, I'm Howard and welcome to the 9320 Review Podcast, the show that has listed 274 City games it wants replaying. Uh, we're looking back at the wonderful 3-1 win in Leipzig that already sees perhaps the Champions League holders with a foot in the knockout stage. Uh, to discuss a very interesting and uh, exciting match, I'm delighted to be joined by two big hitters this afternoon. It's Asan and it's George. Uh, first up, good afternoon Asan. how are you? Afternoon, I'm really good, how are you? Yeah, not bad, not bad. <laughs> uh, I was a bit worried about last night, so yeah, feeling good today. City always respond when you need them to, don't they? So. Well, yeah, I mean, not not bad at all in the end. <laughs> in the end, yeah. We'll get to that, no doubt. George, good afternoon, how are you? Good afternoon, Howard. Yeah, I'm groovy, thank you. Uh, in good spirits after last night. Yeah. Does it uh, change your views, your hopes for the weekend match as well? Or makes um, no difference? It, it makes me more optimistic, but it, I'll, it'll probably be no different come Sunday morning. Though. I'll still, probably still be very <laughs> nervous then. Indeed. Well, I'm going to stick with you, just uh, opening question. Uh, no other topics. want to dive straight into this match. Because, you know, I asked you that just then. And, but, of course, before this match coming. Coming off the back of two defeats, did those two defeats shake your confidence in this match at all? I mean, after all, this was always going to be a tough game anyway, and surely it is our toughest group game that we've got of the six. So how did the previous week affect you leading up to this game? It was probably the Wolves game that affected me more than the uh, Newcastle uh, loss in, in the Carabao Cup because that Newcastle one for me, it was almost like, I, I, it's the quickest I've got over a city loss in God knows how long. Yeah, it was. It just it just didn't phase me. It was an interesting match for a lot of reasons, but yeah, it, the next day it was kind of one of those ones where it just because of the Club World Cup factor and all that kind of stuff. It it didn't really, and I wasn't really thinking about how that would then impact the Wolves match, but then I guess it did in terms of just how the mindset of the team was maybe and a bit out of ideas, kind of that tiptoed over into the Wolves match. And then after that loss, I did start to become a bit worried just because of how, you know, how tough we did find it in Leipzig uh, last year in the away leg. And I just thought it would be quite a frustrating game, which it turned out to be for a chunk of the match. But mostly with Rodri back in the side, especially we we were dominant. And and, uh, in the end, my worries were really for nothing. Uh, Asan, we're just padding time really until we talk about Rico Lewis, but you know, <laughs> needs us. <laughs> uh, but we can, no in depth discussion now, we've got to save it for later, but we can talk about it when discussing the team itself because bizarrely, uh, or maybe not that bizarre, I was just lying in bed yesterday, but uh, trying to uh, rouse myself to actually get up. Uh, quite early stage and it just this random thought popped into my head that Rico Lewis after bursting onto the scene actually seems not to be getting much football uh, recently or since then he's not quite the regular we thought he would be team comes out and yeah there he is in the team and just got the team here myself and he's not he's not in defence <laughs> he's playing in was it an eight uh everything else and you've got a kanji there as well in some strange positions on the pitch it's one of those team sheets that you probably wouldn't have predicted beforehand isn't 
Yeah, it's it's not a team that I would have predicted beforehand. But the one thing I would say is, uh, having lived through the Wolves game, uh, when I saw the team last night, I completely understood the team. So it wasn't like, mm. obviously, that the Lewis's selection on some level can be classed as a little bit of a surprise. But actually, as soon as I took a step back from a footballing point of view, the whole team made perfect sense. Yeah. George, same thing, really. Reaction to Wolves that Asan just mentioned, Pep was himself going to react to that. He wasn't going to put, a, like, say, the same team out. Of course, that Roger was always coming back. He was always going to think about that and consider changing the way we play, in a way, the shape and all that sort of thing. Because for all the... When you get so many bad performances as you did against Wolves, you have to think it's not an indi- not just an individual problem, but a shape and system problem. And it's no surprise in the way that he went a bit left field with the selection here. No, it's not at all. You're right. He he wanted he wanted the control back, and he wanted his the rhythm that he wants out of a team back. And he went to you know his most trusted lieutenants in in Bernardo and Grealish out wide to to do that as as they were doing down the stretch last season. So. Yeah, there were no arguments with those two starting, and you know, um, Doku's played a lot of football since he's since he's arrived more than I thought he would. So I think it was kind of time to for him to have a, a bit of a rest and ha- have that role off the bench as as well, probably as as much as people want to see him start every match because of how exciting he is. But yeah, the team was just picked, I think, for that for that control and rhythm, and everyone in there is going to be passing and moving constantly. Ball passes over ball carriers. Yeah, exactly. Good to see Bernardo Silva back, as well. Of course, Defo. He's gonna, he he's gonna be needed at, at the weekend massively. If if we'd had, if he was, not fit enough to play Sunday with Rodri still being out, mm. I'd be very worried. So it would it was great to see him back and also, especially I thought in the thir- first half he was where a lot of our um, threat came from out on the right. As the second half came on, he dwindled a bit, but that's to be expected when he's had a few games out of injury. Um, yeah. But yeah, Bernardo is, is so crucial to to the way this this Pep side plays. Yeah, one thing that did stand out is for the first time in at least a few weeks, and this proved to very much be the case uh, by the end of the match as well. There were actually some options on the bench. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's a little bit the the nice thing about recovering even one player mm. in Bernardo Silva yeah. and then going back to like more of a more passes formation and selection like picking players that, that sort of know that have had seven years of pep basically or four years of pep or however long and know exactly how to keep the ball and be patient and move it and not necessarily i just i think one of the one of the one of the big takeaways of the difference between ball passers and ball carriers is it's completely natural if you have more ball carriers you're liable to give the ball away more often and so having that being in that position where you kind of look around the pitch and you go well i trust rodri and i trust phil and i trust bernardo and i trust jack to keep the ball, yeah? Mm. I trust even even the defenders, Walker, Diaz, Akanji, Gavardio, in the main, yeah, 
they're all passers. Now, obviously, Walker and Gvardiol, people would consider them to be more ball carriers, but they can still pass the ball, and they're probably not going to be pressured in the way that the attackers and the midfielders are. And I think that that's almost like the conversation around transitions is very much the conversation around where do you lose the ball and what happens when you lose the ball in certain positions. So, no, I was just really happy with the team. So, George, on to the match. Uh, Leipzig team that have, I don't think they've lost at home for that year. Uh, they have one, lost a game in the league this season. I think Marco Rose has picked up more points since he became manager than Bayern Munich have got points. So, they started the season well. Yes, they've got a few players out, but yeah, we had a couple out ourselves. John Stones, for example, was on the bench, but was never going to start this game. And, of course, Kevin De Bruyne. With all that in mind, just how good did you think that first, I'll say half hour, because I did think we tailed off slightly last quarter of an hour without, not that much, but I would say the first half hour stood out more than anything. How good do you think we were in that first half hour? I was really, really impressed because, like you say, the, the Leipzig got a great side, despite losing, you know, Nkunku to, to Chelsea and Kvavadol to to us. Those are two massive plays for them, so you think, ah. Oh, they, they might have a few holes in the team compared to last year, but they've started the season well. Um, that Xavi Simmons um, on loan there, he's having a great campaign. They've got a very young, hungry side and also a few experienced people in the likes of Forsberg uh, on the pitch. So they're a great team and from the off, they pressed us with a lot of intensity. They weren't just sitting back, although they were deep in the shape. They pressed us big time for most of that half an hour and we just kept zipping the ball really, really, really smoothly across the pitch, triangles everywhere, crossfield balls when needed. And I, I, I was a bit shocked of how quick it, I recognised the team again compared to the Wolves match. Yeah, I was loving it, Ace, to be honest. Did you share that sentiment? 100%. Uh, I just thought it was, I thought it was a team that, it, it was a it was a performance akin to uh, the second half of last season. It was a performance full of control, full of quality, um, just full of you know, like whether whether you think Akanji can play the midfield role well or not is sort of not the point. For me, the point is three and two in the build up. I love it. I've I've said for a while that you know. As much as I understand why we've utilised Walker wide right uh, at times this season, as soon as Stones is back, I can see us going back to the three and the two. And I think after what happened at the weekend, Guardiola already made that decision on Sunday morning that, you know what, I'm going to go back to the three and the two because it gives us much more control. And Kyle is fine tucking in and becoming the uh, mm. the third centre-back and Akanji is fine stepping forward and becoming the extra midfielder. Yeah, so George Ayson's already covered key difference here from the weekend because, yeah, I think it's fair to say this was a slightly better performance than at the weekend. Uh, and I've put in the notes what was different then. And, yeah, the 3 2, the shape and everything. What else? Was there other stuff as well? Yeah, you know, I've listed like pace of movement of ball and plays, more intensity, and perhaps a certain youngster in midfield helped with that. And, of course, having Rodri back always helps the team. Yeah, it was... the, the, the Going on into the shape it, as well, like, the 3-2 was there, but it, we, it was pressed so high up to the points where 
for for large chunks of that half an hour and when we were in control of the ball, it felt almost like we only had one defender in Diaz and he was kind of sat back and then there was kind of a bank of almost four in front of him of Walker, Akanji, Rodri and Gravidal there and then Rico further forward. I was I was actually very pleasantly surprised of how far forward Rico was getting um, between the lines of the that defence mid, holding midfield and the attacking players and I think that maybe caught Leipzig out. I don't think they probably prepped for somebody like Rico Lewis mm. to be playing in those spaces and that was kind of the key to us controlling the tempo and the ball for, for large chunks of that first half. I've uh, I stole your tweet, Asan. This show will be called Made in Manchester. So, twenty five minutes. Thank you. you. What more? If you if you want to, if you want, you're welcome. If you want to dis, uh, imagine what the perfect goal would be. Then I guess Rico Lewis crossing it for Phil Foden to put it in <laughs> comes pretty high up your list of uh, wishes. So, definitely. So you know, like there's that thing where we score so many goals that you, you can tell how much you're bothered by a goal, by how much you celebrate it. And believe me when I say that I made an almighty fucking racket when that ball <laughs> went in the back of the net. Mm-hmm. And that was even, that was just from the Rico assist. I'd not even, it was only five seconds later that I realised, oh my God, Phil was a goal scorer on his right foot, which just even just took it up another level. But no, I mean, it was, I think the important thing is that we got what we deserved in that moment. Up until that point, we dominated Leipzig without creating a plethora of chances. We had created a plethora of chances to create chances. And it felt as though it was just a matter of time before we clicked a gear and a goal came. And that's exactly what happened. And I think, you know, you can't, you can't overstate the impact that Lewis had. You just can't overstate it. So for me, in that opening 30, 35 minutes, Foden and Lewis are City's two best players by a country mile. And everything good that we're doing is coming through the pair of them. And the pair of them look like the most likely to unlock the door and get create a goal for somebody else. And so the fact that it's the two of them that link up for the goal is just, it's perfect. Some, sometimes things coalesce on a football pitch into absolute perfection. And for me, that's what the moment of that goal was. Hmm. Before then, and I guess after as well, George, was there any concern for you that we weren't making the most of our domination? Because even at halftime, I think we should be more than one goal ahead here. Uh, or were you just happy that this was just a world apart from, well, the previous two games, I guess? Thanks for listening to the first 15 minutes of the show. To listen to the full podcast and all our contents, including reviews, previews, analysis, quizzes and much more, go to 9320.com to sign up now or simply click the link in the description. So what are you waiting for? Go to 9320.com now for the best, most passionate, impartial coverage of Manchester City and beyond.